Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today's episode, we have a good friend of ours, fellow SPT, and Christine is on the podcast today. We are so excited that you are here. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited, too. I feel so honored. <laughs> um, it's really exciting. I'm also a little bit nervous, but of course. <laughs> It is all good. No, we are so excited to chat more about your story. And for all the listeners, if you want to take us back and uh, just tell everybody why you got into physical therapy. Oh, man. So this takes me like back to high school. Back in high school, like my freshman year of soccer, I dislocated my patella and fractured it. And I already kind of had an idea that I wanted to do PT because I had a cousin that graduated from the same program I'm in right now. So then I went to PT for my knee injury way back then. And I was like, you know, like, this is really cool. I really like what they're doing. And like, I had a really awesome PT at the time. So that was kind of like, kind of what made it stick for me. And then I shadowed my cousin a little bit in high school. And then I was like, okay, this is, I think this is what I want to do. And then, so I went into Hassan as a freshman in college because they have a three plus three undergrad to PT track. So I was on track to get my kinesiology degree at the end of the first year of PT school, which is that fourth year of undergrad. So that would have been, that was supposed to, that was the spring of 2018, but eventually had knee surgery in May of 2017. So before PT school started, and it was like a pretty big surgery because I had, because I basically needed my knee to like be realigned. So I like a tibial tubercle osteotomy, an arthroscopy, an MPFL reconstruction. Yeah, those are all the things that I had done to my knee. And I didn't really realize like the impact or how big that surgery was and how it would affect me going into a program that I really wasn't mentally ready for because I was still an undergrad in my head. And so I got two C's in my first semester anatomy and kinesiology, ironically, which is what the degree ended up being in. And then I got two more C's in the spring. So I was academically dismissed for that. And that was more than devastating. It was absolutely just heart-wrenching because going into undergrad, your freshman year of college, knowing, okay, I'm going to go do PT. Like it kind of felt like, it felt like that bachelor's didn't mean anything. So that was a really tough that was a really, really tough time for me, tough summer. So I, I appealed, and then my first appeal was actually denied to get back into the program. And then I ended up appealing again, revised my letter, 
Um, I had a lot of support from my advisor. Shout out to Kathy. <laughs> a lot of support from her. And I started going to see a therapist because um, all that stress from that first year kind of morphed into anxiety that I didn't have a label for. And that anxiety and it like more also became like legitimately being scared every time I took a test because of how the test before it went and that kind of thing. So I came back in the fall of 2018 with the class of 2021. And so I'm now in my second year. This past semester was my first entirely new semester to me. So I faced some new challenges, had to get more help, had to say no a little bit more. And yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good summary. And now here you are. So tell people a little bit about kind of what you're up to now as we're recording this, January 2020. Oh man, okay, so right now I'm on break, which is awesome because it was a uh, very long, we had a really, really full semester, so this break is much needed. So what I've been up to, so during the school semesters, we have, we have a boxing club for Parkinson's patients in the greater Bangor area. So it's kind of a boxing and wellness class, and, right, and so I'm one of the directors and head coaches for that program. And that's just been, and we do it on Monday afternoons, and it's just, it's been so wonderful connecting with all of those people just the experience with working with them is really, really awesome. We get to see like how some of the things that we learn kind of carry over into teaching this wellness class for these people. And the whole community is very, very supportive. And we're getting ready to move to a different gym for that. So we're excited to see where the spring semester brings us for that location. And then other than that, I'm working my job as a barista right now. And I'm actually helping out doing a little bit of cleaning in the labs and stuff at school to make a little extra money. So that's nice. And I also really am starting to create a blogger. I'm kind of in the process of doing that because I really kind of want to change the stigma that there is around mental health and kind of improve that awareness in, like, in PT school because so many people struggle with it. And it's just like is mind boggling how many people are like struggle with it or don't know how to manage it or handle it and how far I've come in the last year and a half. Like I feel like a completely different person from when I started PT school the first time. Like I'm much more aware of like my feelings and like the way I react to certain things. So, so I love what you just said and where were you in regards to mindset when you first went through school and into that fall semester? Was it the fall semester? So or spring? I when I restarted. So the unique thing about the way I restarted was that the curriculum changed. So the curriculum changed, and when they did that, it, they moved um, anatomy to be all August. So I like went through the whole first year, which was September to May, graduated, still got my bachelor's. And then that following August of 2018 is when I restarted. Okay. So my question is, what was the biggest shift that you had in between that time? I think the biggest shift was recognizing triggers, things that trigger my anxiety. And first of all, just realizing that it was anxiety. Like I didn't understand that that's what it was that was affecting me. And I think the biggest shift was 
recognizing the triggers and figuring out how to process all of those feelings, which I probably wouldn't have been able to get as far as I did without going to therapy, because it's really nice because you have that. It's an objective person, someone that doesn't know you personally, isn't in that program, isn't they're the mental health professional, they're there, that's why they're there. So like the biggest shift was absolutely mindset because especially when I was like, I knew that I was at risk for that fourth seat that could dismiss me in that spring semester. I was like, I, like I knew, I knew it was a risk and I just, I kind of had the, like, you know what, it's going to be fine. I'll be, I'll be fine. Like I just thought it was just going to be fine because that's the way everything worked the first three years of undergrad, something might close, but then it ended up being fine. And it wasn't, it was not. I think that's the, I think that was the biggest shift for me. And leading up to when you did restart, like what else changed, whether it's in your head or like in your daily life, what kind of changed and shifted between the first time and the second time? Oh my gosh. Thinking back to that summer, one of the biggest things that changed, like, yeah, I was working, I was still doing my barista job because I didn't know what else I was supposed to do that summer. But I also started focusing on strengthening my knee that had been bothering me so much. Like I'd gone back and seen a PT before the end of that semester. And he was like, we kind of had a conversation about like what I could do to help work on that. And then I kind of just took that and ran with it. And now that I like thinking about it, I don't, I didn't even realize what I was doing when I did it. So I just kind of like, I went and I just, I got a gym membership, you know, it was just Planet Fitness. And I worked out really, really consistently that summer. In addition to focusing on my mental health, started working more on my physical health. And that was probably one of the biggest, like one of the other big changes that I made during that time, because I knew that, because I finally had the understanding of, okay, if I strengthen it, it'll probably hurt less. <laughs> and I still, I knew enough from that first year to be like, okay, this is, these are the things that I need to do to strengthen it. This is what's going to work this muscle group. And I at least, I knew those things. I knew the practical side of things. I was just really bad at taking tests. And you trained sure. yourself. Mm-hmm. And look at that. What would you know? Training your body physically helps your mind and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody could see us. Mind blown. <laughs> is That's just so crazy. But that just goes to show like those little things, what you might think, what people listening might think are those little things make a giant difference in your whole life. And for the testing anxiety and when you went back, how did you feel with that initial first exam? The very first exam you took when you came back. Oh, so the very first exam, well, if I rewind a little bit, we decided with my therapist, we decided that testing accommodations was going to be the best choice for me. And that was something I kind of talked about too in my appeal letters, because I realized that maybe that was something that would be helpful. So the first, my first test back, I don't, I don't even remember. It was definitely anatomy, but I felt pretty good about anatomy at that time because everything had come back so quickly. And like, I did really well in the first couple of quizzes. So when I took that first test, I like, remember I needed to kind of like sit back and take an extra breath or two before I really started. But I think as the, as the semester progressed after the anatomy in August, kind of after I, when I got into like the thick of the semester, 
and I started retaking another class that I'd gotten a C in previously, like I kind of realized like the fear would creep back in. And then I have another, there's another person at school. She's like, like a student success advisor, kind of, that's kind of her role. And she works a lot with the grad students. And we were talking about this and I was like, I'm just so nervous for this test. Like, you know, like I didn't do well in the first quiz because I was so caught up in that first quiz for this class about recognizing stuff from the quiz last year. Like I recognized a bunch of stuff from that quiz and I got so stuck on that, that I ended up doing terrible on that quiz. And then that just like made me feel more negative. I felt like it was in like a downward spiral again. And then she's like, you need to remember that you're doing different things now. So you will get different results. And I actually wrote it on like a little pep talk like notepad and I actually keep it above my desk now because it's like, it's so hard to not think it's so easy to go back into the negative mindset. And so it's, she's like, stop. She's like, don't get in your own head. She's like, stop. It's like, you're right. That's what's happening. And then when I took that first test for that class, it ended up going really well. Testing changed a lot. And how did you recognize at first? Because you had said, you know, you didn't really have a title to your anxiety, but what kind of helped you recognize that? Recognizing that my anxiety was my anxiety was a lot with my boyfriend who he actually just took his um, licensing exam to be an LCPCC. So he is graduating with his master's in mental health stuff. So he was kind of the one that like pushed me to go to therapy. Well, didn't push me, but he was kind of like, you know, planted the seed. And I think it was him encouraging some like serious, like self-reflection after my dismissal. Cause I like, I had to do like really step back and reflect after that. And I think I said was, I said, like, I think I asked him like, was this anxiety? Like, is this what this is? And he was like, yeah. And then the first time I had an anxiety attack, I was like, you know, people will say like, oh, I had a mental breakdown during the semester, like waiting for my mid-semester mental breakdown. Like people will say that, like, it's funny. And then like I, at that one point after I'd had like one or two, I said to him this, this past semester, actually, I had said, I was like, was that an anxiety attack? And he was like, yeah, that, that's exactly what that was. I was like, interesting. And something that I've, we've talked about, well, not, not with my boyfriend, but with, and therapy as well, we've talked about, she's like, just putting the label on it can help just reduce those feelings. Just like having that label on it is kind of like, okay, now you know what it is. You can recognize it and try to process and figure out how to move past it. Yeah. Just like when somebody hurts their knee and they don't know what they did to it, they can't fix it until they realize what's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So for a student going through this right now, they're listening to this and maybe they haven't identified the trigger. They don't know if it's their testing skills or how they're studying and say they haven't labeled what they might be feeling, whether that be anxiety or, you know, confidence. It, a lot of things that we know as students come into play what is one piece of advice that you would give for a student trying to put that as a label and what piece of advice would you give for someone who's experiencing this right now? 
Oh man, no pressure there on the advice. So I think that my biggest piece of advice or something that at least worked for me and hopefully it works for other people too is don't be afraid to ask for help because I um, went to go see the person who was talking about the student success advisor like during that summer before and I was like I don't know how to figure any of this out I was like I like at that point I had my label of anxiety but if you go talk to your advisor even like you're just your academic advisor hopefully they can point you in the right direction of the services that they think might help you whether that be your own student success advisor within because we have a center for student success which includes like the tutoring center and um, test the testing accommodation center and all that so like whether it's someone in your school's version of that or going to see a counselor on campus or off campus or whatever it is or even someone in the class above you that you know is open and really and open and easy to talk to where you feel comfortable with them because I think it's tough to, I think it can be tough to open up to a classmate because we always have that like that little bit of imposter syndrome about like I think they're doing better than I am but really they might not be because I definitely feel like when I stepped down and like some people were aware I stepped down they didn't really know what my situation was I didn't really talk about it but I definitely think there was people who thought like oh yeah she has her shit together like she's been through this before no I don't they don't I don't know if I was allowed to swear but I did <laughs> it's fine <laughs> this is not a g-rated podcast that's for sure <laughs> yeah I already forgot what the question was so I'm just gonna stop talking <laughs> So the real question that we get all the time is for people who have restarted and they're like, what about all my classmates? Like, how do I handle this with the classmates I left or who kept going? And how do I handle this with the new group? Like, how has that been for you? And then how do you wish it would have gone if those are two different things? Wow. That's a, that is so important. So for me, when I left my classmates, everyone was going out on clinical. We had graduated, everyone was going out on clinical and they just kind of slowly figured it out that I wasn't posting about clinical. And I think they just kind of figured out like, oh, she must like, they, they, they didn't know what happened. But my close friends from that class, one of my best friends, she's, I, you know, she knew what happened and I don't really know what they said to other people when they, you know, had classes start back up altogether. But I think as far as everyone knew that like what got said was just like, oh, she stepped down. That's and then so when I started anatomy in August with this new class, I had one close friend, Paige, who you guys had on in a different episode, who had also restarted. So we were from the same original class. So like we were kind of were like starting this together. We were like, okay. We kind of we like kind of stuck together that especially during August. We were also roommates, so that helped. But anyway, so I, for me, like we had people would be like, "Oh, where are you from? Like, what school did you go to?" And then like all the Hassan undergrad kids were like, "I don't remember you." I'm like, "I know." <laughs> like I know. Like that's that's because I stepped down, and then that's how I left it. I would just say like, yep, I stepped down for personal reasons and that was how I left it. And then like, as I became like more comfortable with some of the classmates that I got to know, I eventually like kind of was like, so look, you need to stop freaking out about this thing because 
you're gonna be fine and and then I would like kind of go into like so this is what I went through of this part of this class last year and this is how it's gonna go because they kept this part of the class the same or like when we did like the scanning exam I don't remember I don't know if you guys yeah scanning exam but anyway so like when we did the practical for that like I had a bunch of classmates who were like do you think they're gonna give us a case do you think they're gonna da 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 and I was like chill it's gonna be okay I was like you just have you know and so I would kind of slowly open up to be like you know I did do this last year and this is how I can help you guys too so I kind of slowly told a few people like this is like more started to talk a little bit more in detail about what happened with my stepping down and how obviously it wasn't entirely my choice but it's worked out for the better I'm a better student because of it I think I did performed a lot better on my clinical this past summer than I would have the summer before it's made me better at asking for help when I need it and not feeling bad that I need the help I think the biggest thing is like it's just comfort level when it comes to restarting and what you're going to tell your old classmates versus your new classmates and I think starting out with saying like I stepped down for personal reasons I think that's perfect because like if they're not your close friend and you don't really feel like they need to know then they don't need to know but if you eventually become comfortable enough with talking about it which I used to cry a lot when I told the story and I don't anymore I still get a little shaky because it's just like wild <laughs> that I went through all of that but I think with time is going to be time is probably the biggest factor in feeling more comfortable talking about that with other classmates and this is such a this is a topic that needs to be talked about and for everyone listening who you know if you are a PT now and you have gone through this or if you're a student and have restarted or if you think that you may be on the verge of you know possibly having that and you have to restart I think what you just said is really important especially in the matter of at first it's going to be really hard to open up and say you know I I did not make it through the first time and going on to you know all these details because like you said it's not everybody's business to know but once you get comfortable enough to open up more and talk about it you know if you are feeling like you you don't want to do this right now then find someone who you know who has gone through it don't don't keep it inside for a really long time because then it's just going to eat you alive and it's not <laughs> not going to be you know a great great situation so thank you for saying that and really encouraging students to to not feel guilty or ashamed that this has happened because like you said it's an opportunity to grow and you you know you feel like you're in a better place than you were if you if you were to continue uh, then who knows what it, what, where would you be right now if you would have continued? Yeah. Yeah. I like that you just um, mentioned the part about shame because I think that is a huge, huge thing when it comes to the restarting is that's something I've been working through too is like where shame is felt. And I think because it's that embarrassment, cause you, you kind of feel embarrassed. You're like, Oh, you know, like I feel like I'm smarter than this other person why did I not make it? And they did. 
because I definitely had that feeling. There was a couple of people I was like, no, like I'm going to make it. I'm smarter than that person. And that's not, first of all, super like selfish, like negative mindset. But I think shame, embarrassment, whatever it is, that darn imposter syndrome, like all of it can really contribute to all of that. I think shame, like you said, I'm just going to second that, triple that, however you want to say it. (laughs) We all agree. Shame is an issue. And you know why we feel shame is because we're comparing ourselves to our classmates. We're comparing ourselves to the people on the internet. We're saying, oh, I'm this compared to this human being. Okay. What does that actually matter to you in your journey? That's what you've got to ask yourself. If there's a student out there hearing this and they're like, I don't think I'm going to make it okay, we'll stop looking around you and take a look at yourself and how you can keep pushing through or take an honest look and say, maybe I do need to take a break. And people do that voluntarily. And I guess we didn't clarify, was yours voluntary, voluntary? Yeah, voluntary. Or was it kind of both? Like you were borderline. No, I, um, so our program is your limit is three C's. You get more than three C's, you're dismissed. And I got four C's. Okay. So it was not voluntary. Do you know, sorry. And you said you and Paige. Yeah, Paige. Yeah. You and Paige didn't make it through, but were there other people as well? So with Paige, she, she left before the end of the first semester for her personal reasons. So hers, hers was more voluntary than mine was. Mm -hmm. It was weird with our class. Like we actually had a couple, we had a few, a couple of people were dismissed at the end of that first fall semester because I think they failed anatomy. And then in this, like, someone was actually dismissed after our winter term, I believe, or something like that, because we had a winter term that year. Yeah, and that was the other thing with having that winter term in that first year, like, there was no time to, like, process what had just happened in the fall. We had, like, a week off, and then we had to go back for two weeks, and then we had a long weekend, and then spring semester started. But anyway, I just forgot what the question was. There were other people then. Yeah. And it there was were just... some, there were there were a few few other people that there was actually like several people that left that class. I don't know how many were like academically dismissed, but there was a handful that were academically dismissed, like myself. A couple of people left voluntarily. Someone actually left after their clinical. It was weird. And then someone else, I think actually got dismissed like after their fall semester of the second year or somewhere in the middle or something like that. I don't, I don't really know. I kind of like, once I started with my new class, I like kind of stopped paying attention to what was happening with their class unless they were like the people I was close with. But anyway, yeah. The point is, yeah, not alone. Definitely. Not alone. Not alone. But I will say, I don't know who appealed and who didn't appeal after being dismissed but I know that only a few of us came back. And if you wouldn't mind going into that appeal process and the conversations that you had to have with your professors, because I feel like that's another thing that's not necessarily talked about a lot is if this situation does arise and you have to go through the appeal process, can you talk a little bit about how that experience was for you, you know, both, both times when you appealed? I really wish that I had like known more about like what to do before it happened kind of thing. So 
I had my advisor approach me in like in the middle of like kind of nearing the end of that spring semester, maybe more in the middle. And she was like, look, you're on the verge of this many C's and I want to get you one-on-one -on -one tutoring for whatever, whatever it is that you think you need the most help in. So we did that and actually ended up doing really well in that class, but it was the other ones that got me. And then we were kind of talking around finals week and we're like, like we weren't sure what was going to happen because I had one class that was really close and that one class would have like kept me at my three C's kind of thing. And so I was actually, so what a crazy thing. I was supposed to have a second knee surgery that summer in the summer of 2018 because I was having a weird pain and he was like, oh, like I think because I he had done like a micro fracture and he was like, oh, I don't think it worked. So I think we're gonna have to go back in and do this other thing. So that was a whole other round of stress in that semester. And then when I went in and we figured it out that like my pain was not on the side that he was seeing on the MRI and I don't know, weird stuff. But anyway, so we had pushed up my clinical that I was supposed to go on by a week. So I was supposed to graduate on like Saturday and start clinical that Monday. So what happened was I graduated that Saturday and then I got an email dismissing me that Sunday. So I immediately kind of, I reached out to my advisor and I was like, what do I do? And so she gave me some pointers and things that I needed to talk about. She pointed me to the resources that I needed to get to in like the student handbook. And I wrote a letter to the chair of our program and I did some deep self-reflecting. And after like, I think I probably sent it within a few days to a week reread it like a bazillion times had had my boyfriend read it like and kind of listed out like okay these are the things that affected me this is why I think you know like this is what I like I, I talked a lot about just like not being ready really for this year and how much I didn't I didn't have an outlet for my stress either because every time I'd go to the gym my knee would hurt and then I would just be frustrated and stop and that was one that was one thing that I talked about and I was like I think I think I said stuff about um you know like you know I'm not asking to retake any classes during the summer and continue on with my class in the fall it's not what I'm asking for because I realized that that just it just didn't make sense so I was kind of saying like this is what I kind of like made a plan of what I wanted to happen and one of which was join the incoming class if possible and get retake these courses with like a lightened load so like I didn't retake quite everything and anyway so that first appeal was denied and it kind of was like heartbroken again and within another week or so I had written I basically revised that letter and added some stuff to it and then I sent that letter to the dean of the college of whatever within Hudson can't think of the name right now <laughs> so and then I was like super super nervous when I got that letter that letter back in the mail from her and I was like like I was so scared because I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do but luckily I got back in and they were like well, you know on these three conditions like I can't get any more C's like you will you know, and I said things like, I'm going to stay in check with my advisor and with the person in the student success office, and I'm going to get these testing accommodations, and I'm going to 
figure out how to address the anxiety is what I don't even think I said anxiety, but basically that's what I was saying. So the appeal process was pretty much writing a letter to the chair and then to the dean after the after that. So the appeal process was really stressful because it was like a you just had to wait. But I think I think the whole process was done by like early June. So I think it was only like a month or so in between the end of the semester and finally getting back in. But then I only had like two months to really process what happened before I restarted. And Paige actually pointed out to me, she's like, you didn't have a lot of time to process this and you're restarting. She's like, cause I would get like stressed out and she's like, you're doing really well for only having a couple months to process everything that just happened. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> That's great that you had each other. And it's great that you can talk about this now. Like you said, that's not a lot of time. Usually what happens throughout an appeal process like that is it's more than two months. Usually it's six months to a year before somebody restarts. But that's only from who we've talked to and who has been willing to open up about it. So maybe there's a lot of people listening to this who relate to what you just said and they're like, actually, I restarted in only one month or whatever. Like it could happen. So going through that and kind of processing a lot of information like that in such a short amount of time is incredible. And it's good that you had someone to remind you of it. Yeah. Um, I am very fortunate that I had a, like a much more positive support system in my restart year. And I kind of blocked out the, well, I didn't block people out, but I kind of was like limited myself to the people who I knew tended to be more negative and surrounded myself with the more positive mindset, the positive, the happiness. And I think that made a huge difference when I restarted. I like what you said, not eliminating them, but not being so close in proximity. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, what you just said gave me chills because whew, it's, it's definitely a, a very difficult thing to talk about. And to go back to that place and reflect on, okay, this is, this is everything that happened. So I just want to give you all of the praise because you have, what you've gone through is really going to speak to one person listening to this and the magnitude of what you just said and everything that you've gone through to where you are today is incredible. And so I just want to say thank you so much for opening up about that. And you're going to help a lot of people, Christine. And it's just, oh, it makes me so happy to say that. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I never, like a year ago or like a few, like six months ago, I wouldn't have pictured being here, like, on, you know, on a podcast interview, like, like crazy. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have pictured this or you know, like six months ago, I wasn't thinking about starting a blog. Like, I mean, it's like, and when I think when I started my, my like SPT Instagram, that was kind of like, okay, this is like, how I'm going to start talking more about it, start to break that, that stigma a little bit. And I've actually already talked to a couple other people who have been dismissed or someone, there was someone I was talking to who she's like a first year and 
she started a blog or yeah and so I've like talked to a couple other people and it's been kind of cool to like make these connections just from like knowing you guys and your connections then I've been making more connections so that's been really cool crazy to learning how many other people are going through things I've gone through or similar things absolutely I like how you brought up connections because <laughs> we talk about that all the time but for real guys you're you're connected to way more people than you think you are especially when you get connected to just that one person who is connected to the next person and you know next thing you know you're connected to one person away from LeBron James <laughs> which Sarah you are technically <laughs> we won't go into that yeah, inside joke with day. Gabby but <laughs> another day but two degrees of separation is what we're trying to say it's the connections are real and especially with social media and we have talked about this as you guys know on previous episodes but just the connections that you can make with other students around the country and people put themselves out there especially on their Instagram and talking about where I think it's getting a lot better like you said with not having that stigma around you know restarting or if someone's uh going through a tough time with imposter syndrome and it's good because that's how we we relate to each other and we know that we're not alone ultimately and so the connections are 100% real and it's up to you it's your choice whether you want to make these connections but put in the effort because you never know where it's going to take you you never know what what person you're going to meet and if it's someone that you admire and you look up to them if you relate to them then there's probably someone that you know on Instagram or Facebook who is connected with them and you're just one or two people away from that. Good point. And last question, what advice would you have for a current student? Oh man, my advice is like, I feel like it's all the same. I think going off of like not being afraid to ask for help, like I said earlier, I think another thing is figuring out what your triggers are, figure out what's the thing that's making you feel more anxious or like what's making you feel like you're going to be not as productive as you want to be. Also get rid of the word should. It's my other thing because when you say like, oh, I should be studying, I should be doing this or like, oh, I should have studied for this class more today than I did. It just, it makes it feel like so much more of an obligation, which like, I mean, yeah, like studying is an obligation. You're in PT school, you're paying for it. You do need to study. But making it that I want to study, I want to do this, I want to do that, makes it feel a little bit more approachable. And I kind of started make towards the end of the semester, I started doing this thing from uh, Keisha Fitzgerald's podcast, Empower Her. She talks about doing like, writing the three things that are like your cake, like things that are going to move the needle forward. And then like your sprinkles are like a couple other things. Like, you know, it'd be nice to get it done, but it's okay if it doesn't. So like, especially when we were getting into finals week, I was like, okay, these are the things that like I want to get done. And like, it'd be really cool if I get to this other thing today, but if I don't, it's okay. Being okay with not doing as much as you think you might during the day, especially when it comes to crazy semesters. I think that's super important. Great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Christy. It's been yeah. our pleasure. And 
we can't wait to see what you know 2020 has in store for you can't wait oh where can people reach out to you if they have questions or if they want to chat more so my instagram is mindbody underscore spt um that's probably the best place for now unless you happen to find me on facebook i'll i'll message you back through there somehow if like if i see the message request but yeah probably instagram is the best spot and i try i like sometimes have a bad habit of like reading something and like emails for instance like i'll read them and then not answer so like if i someone messages me and it's you see that i saw it like i'm not ignoring you i swear (laughs) that's a real thing though (laughs) but we really appreciate you coming on and thank you for sharing your story with us and all the listeners and we can't wait to see what is in store for 2020 Thank you for having me on. Uh, Can't wait. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.